and then you'll click it and then pretty soon we'll be live. Great. Hey everyone and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host Chef AJ and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, my guest today is back by popular demand. Her name is Theodora Scarato, and she is the executive director of the Environmental Health Trust. She was on before, and she gave us all this amazing information that many of us were not very happy to hear about our cell phones and all kinds of technology like 5G. And if you're wondering why I'm looking so cool in these shades, don't worry. I had an eye exam today, didn't realize they were going to dilate my pupils, and it's taken a lot longer than I thought for them to get back to normal. So that's why I'm wearing them. Also, it makes me look really cool. Please welcome back to the show, Theodora. It's so nice to see you again. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, it's my pleasure. I really do think you're the expert on this subject, and it's not a subject that people really want to hear about because <laughs> they have to, then they have to change their behavior, such as, like you mentioned, don't have the cell phone in the bedroom, or if you do, put it on airplane mode, don't put it close to your head. I really learned a lot from the last time you were on. Uh, it's it's just incredible. Like, are they even studying the effects of cell phones? Like, do they do, they do animal experimentations to find out how harmful they are, or do they just wait and see what happens to us? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. So um, they really put them on the market without pre-market safety testing, without post-market surveillance to gather data like you would with drugs, right? With drugs, you're going to have a reporting system. You get your drug packet and there's like all of these side effects that you're reading from the reporting, but there is no data collection or analysis when it comes to the effects from, say, cell phones and wireless devices that we are surrounded by. So that is why our organization, Environmental Health Trust, we're a scientific think tank, has really focused on actually regulatory accountability to protect you, to, you know, it's like the personal is the political. So we all use these devices, but the politics around it has really influenced um, the the way that they are not regulated in the way we would expect. So I'm glad to share a PowerPoint. I know I would tell everyone on the call, please uh, watch the first interview we did because you'll get a lot of information there. And this will be a little bit different with a PowerPoint to just educate you on some of the details that we talked about, about phones and devices and so forth. So. Right. And I will link to that in the, both in the chat and the show notes. And, you know, I'm curious, Theodora, is this just the United States that doesn't regulate cell phone usage or is this worldwide? Mm, good question. So different countries do different things. There are many countries that are light years ahead of us. They still have a way to go, but they do things like take cell phones, um, they buy, take them off the shelves in stores test them for radiation emissions, and make sure that they're within the limits that they say they're supposed to be. And when France did that with thousands, I'm sorry, hundreds of cell phones, probably over a thousand by now, uh, they found going back to like two past, previous to 216, they found the majority of them exceeded the uh, cell phone radiation limits, the SAR limits, uh, when they were tested in body contact positions. And um, many countries have like what's allowed for cell tower radiation. That's the radiation that's or from wireless networks that's going to be flowing around in the air. 
not the intense levels from a phone, which is a different limit actually, those limits are 10 to 100 times lower in several other countries. They're much stronger, like uh, Italy, Switzerland, regions in Belgium, uh, China, and Russia, which actually have had intense scientific program research programs because of the military applications. They actually uh, have scientists that have led that work and they recognize that there are biological uh, impacts. So they have much more stronger limits. Um, even countries like Australia, they have the same limits that we have similar to about cell tower radiation and uh, cell phones and so forth. However, they are they have oversight over the companies. So that's like a whole other issue, right? Like if you um, buy a food, you don't want it contaminated with pesticides or other um, you know, contaminants and there's a checking program. We'd like to hope there's a checking program that goes on, but there's nothing when it comes to this issue at all. There's no checking. Uh, whereas um, in many countries, you can actually go to a map, look up your address and see what the radiation levels are near you. Dozens of countries do that. In the United States, the federal government doesn't even gather that data. We have the honor system well, actually, let me show you a few slides and I'll talk to you about it because I want to, I'll talk to you about the honor system that we have with the companies. The companies are in charge of doing that work. We don't even check when it, it comes to that. like a great way to, to protect the public, to let them decide and not have a regulatory agency. Do you think it's that people just don't believe that there is a harmful effect to, to using these devices? Because most people are so addicted to their phone, even if it's true, they kind of don't want to know the information you share. That's true. The public is largely unaware because there's no labeling. There's labeling in other countries. It's many scientists, hundreds of them have signed appeals, letters, published papers saying that there's a problem. But in the United States, um, what happened was several decades ago in 1996, and the EPA was defunded from working on this. So we don't have a agency with health or science expertise whose job it is to look at all of the science to present that science uh, and to systematically ensure that like our limits are protective. There is no agency. Um, there is stuff on federal websites that might make it seem that way, but actually if you try to find out where's the report that looked at like damage to the brain, all the studies, there's many studies on that. Uh, there's no report by any federal agency that looked at it. So I think it's really like a good business plan and not a conspiracy or any of that. It's just like basic good business, right? You um, want to fast track your product. You want to get it out. The uh, agencies, the leads of agencies have said things like, um, we have to let, you know, the companies lead, the, the tech companies need to lead the rollout. Well, that can be really good in some ways, but not if you're not lifting that health piece too, so. Yeah. I will share um, a few things that might interest you. Get started. You're kind of like the Aaron Brockovich of uh, cell phones. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I know I've been on your show twice, but it's not just me working on this, I must tell you. So there are many other scientists uh, and experts who are speaking out, publishing, and raising awareness on this issue. Um, but yeah, I do feel that way sometimes. <laughs> so I'll start out with this. This is um, one of the new Samsung phones. It's the 
Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G. And you might not be aware that in the fine print warnings, in the settings, in the manual where it has health and safety regulatory statements, it actually says that body-worn SAR testing, which I'll explain in a minute, that's the radiation levels for phones, has been carried out at a separation distance of 1.5 centimeters. And it says that to meet the RF guidelines, you need to position that device at least this distance away from the body. So that means when you take a phone and you put it in your bra or you press it against you when you're texting or you put it in your spandex pants um, or whatever you do with your phone resting on your body, on your abdomen or your device and so forth, that this distance, there's a warning about it in the phone. And that is because when phones are tested, and I'll show you an example of um, the testing of a cell phone. Um, Oops, I don't have it right up in front. I'm going to, here it is. They are tested with a space between the phone and the this body phantom. It's a dummy of a, supposed to simulate a person filled with liquid and they put the phone up there. And for every model of phone that goes in the market, they have a phone that goes there and they test the temperature inside the dummy, but they are not tested in body contact positions. And when they are tested in body contact positions, and here's some examples of the ads we see, right, with the phone uh, right against the body. They have been found to exceed government limits. Uh, and that's why those warnings are in the phone, because the companies need to ensure that they've told you that there's this distance that can't be exceeded. You can find that statement in your cell phones um, if you go under settings general about legal RF exposure. For Apple, for Samsung, you can go online. We also have a website where we have the fine print warnings and you can click on your phone and we have links to the actual manuals. Now, our organization and many scientists have found that those limits, like if you do follow the fine print warning, you're still not being fully protected because those limits are only for heating effects not for all of the other effects, which I'll briefly talk about. Um, so now I'm gonna head back to sort of the big picture. All wireless devices emit radio frequency radiation. It's microwave frequencies. Um, you might hear the word EMFs or electromagnetic fields as well, because this is a, a type of non-ionizing electromagnetic field. So you have your phones, your home cordless phones, your ear pods, your laptops, computers, Wi-Fi router, Wi-Fi printers, um, video game consoles, and anything Wi-Fi, uh, laptops, and so forth. The, um, oh, I should mention, then we have towers. So we're exposed by the things in our home. And then also what's outside our home that's coming into the house from outside. So this is where I stayed in San Francisco. And I looked out my window and there it was, a quote unquote small cell. It's that these are antennas that are on top of a pole, used to be a street light, I think. And this is, you know, someone's window there to their apartment. The microwave frequencies that are emitted from all of these devices are at non-heating levels. They are not cooking your tissue to the degree that a microwave does. 
but they're artificial. They're not natural frequencies and they're digital pulse waves. Um, and you'll hear, as I said, radio frequency, microwave, non-ionizing. So contrary, like in the United States, we do not have an educational program on this issue, but many other countries do. They educate the public about how you're exposed and how you can reduce exposure. This image is actually from a French, the government of French Polynesia's awareness program on electromagnetic fields. France has one, Belgium, Switzerland even has uh, sheets about how to reduce exposure, but I love the graphics in here. I did add the words um, and they talk about all the places you can be exposed. As we talked about your Wi-Fi router, smart TV, video games, uh, the cell phone, and they even have like in your kitchen, um, the court, you know, the hands, the cordless phone, the microwave, the fridge, if it's a smart fridge, and uh, there's a whole video and a poster that they have. Cyprus has one too. Uh, many countries have it on their public health or radiation pages. In fact, over a dozen countries say you should reduce exposure to your cell phone and they caution, especially about children. Whereas in the United States, we say, if you are worried, which of course, you know, one wants to be worried. So if, if you know, I don't wanna be a worried person and they don't substantiate with the fact that children are more vulnerable, that there are all of these studies that do show effects and that they really have not done adequate research on long-term impacts to say, we know that it's safe. Now, the scientists that we work with uh, at Environmental Health Trust would say, we know that it causes cancer. It has been, um, there's been animal studies that link exposure to cancer, as well as uh, human studies, people using cell phones for long-term. And there's enough of evidence base to show other impacts like oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is uh, can affect all parts of all systems in your body, um, impacts to reproduction, uh, and you know your the way your your hormones work. Just everything is impacted. Uh, neurological issues as well. I'll go into a, a little bit of that, but basically, what scientists are saying, and you can go to emfscientists.org. They're saying we need to reduce exposure. We know that there are biological impacts, whereas uh, federal agencies are saying that they're not really, they're saying that the FCC regulates in the US, for example, but the FCC is um, not a health and safety agency as I'll talk about. And here's like a typical, um, I did this, thankfully it was years ago when we weren't using cell phones as much, but I would actually store the phone in my baby carrier I had my baby on me all the time, my two babies. Um, and I didn't realize that when we do things like this with a phone near a child, that there's radiation coming out, non-ionizing radiation. It's actually absorbed into the who's ever nearby, including children. And we have kids using devices on the laps. There are antennas on devices, which I'll show you some images of, and they are emitted all the time and that is going into the body. And there are some easy ways to reduce exposure. I need to tell you now, there are things that we can do. I am not against technology. I use technology all the time. I just want it to be state of the art and safe. And 
we believe that companies can do much better than they're doing. So in 2011, the World Health Organization classified uh, wireless radiation as a class 2B possible carcinogen. Um, that was a decade ago, over a decade ago now. And a lot of things happened after that. Uh, that was because of science showing people who use cell phones heavily had uh, were at increased risk. The more hours, if they were over 10 years, they were increased risk of tumors on the side of the head where they held the phone uh, and other data, actually. So Belgium banned the sale of cell phones designed for children. Here's some clips from their, the media. Uh, France did as well, uh, and Israel uh, as well. And they um, also have banned advertising to this age group. In France, you have to give, if you buy a phone and you're buying it for someone who's younger, they need to give you the headset. They also have on the packaging of, um, like on the inserts for phones, they say, keep away from the abdomen of teenagers and pregnant women. And that's by law. So, but yet in the United States, we're just, whoa, we're moving forward at the speed of light. We have all of these new installations, these 5G and 4G uh, facilities, they're called. That's what the companies, it's like a catch-all word for a pole or antennas that are mounted on buildings with billions of new devices that are going to be interconnected cars, smart this, smart fridges, everything smart, right? Everything, you go to a store, you can't buy anything that's not smart, that's emitting or connecting to your phone. So this is increasing the levels that we're exposed to in our, in our homes. And I'll send you a picture. This was, we're sent pictures all the time, but here's an example of picture of someone's living room. They sent us this picture and said, hi, I need information. Can you help? This is right outside the window. Here's some other pictures of the antennas on poles. Here's an antenna on an apartment building right near me. And what got me involved in this issue was the research on impacts to the brain. I worked as a social worker uh, directing in-house therapy programs in special education schools in Montgomery County. And I knew, I started getting really interested in, you know, prenatal exposures. Um, kids, some of my kids had been exposed to drugs um, before they were born. And uh, as a clinician, you learn different ways to do treatment. I mean, we're talking, this is brain damage, right? It's not that there was a traumatic event necessarily, but rather um, impacts to the brain and hyperactivity. I had my first, I remember my first client with ADHD and I was like, what is that? That this was what now it's like 30 years ago. Uh, I had my first client with ADHD and we were just learning about it um, at that time. And then suddenly now like half the classes everywhere, I mean, it seems to have ADHD, right? So what's going on? Um, you know, I think that what is a contributor, at least from this, what the scientific research shows, is we have environmental pollution, which has increased. We have toxins in our food, which have increased. Um, and we have wireless radiation as well, which has increased. And there have been studies that have linked exposure 
in animals to damage brain cells, decreased brain cells, uh, changes to the way the brain um, deals with glucose metabolism. That's in studies done on humans, a study that looked at teenagers who use cell phones for long-term and they found that there was damaged memory. This was a replication study in Swiss teenagers where they found that the kids who used the phone up to the head after one year had damage in the region of the brain connected to the testing they did that had been highly exposed to the phone. I used my phone against my head for hours and hours. I had the phone on my babies um, and I just, this got me involved. I got went down the rabbit hole and changed everything I do, actually, uh, my work completely. So I'm no longer working clinically. Now I work on this issue, um, trying to shift our regulations so that people can have safer environments and safer technology. There's research from uh, Yale that found mice exposed to wireless radiation from cell phones had more hyperactivity and decreased memory. And uh, Dr. Hugh Taylor, who's on our board, who's a chief of uh, OBGYN at Yale Medicine, who did the study, uh, said it's like if, you know, if the mice could have had ADHD, that's what they had. So for all of these reasons, and many more of this growing evidence base is indicating that phones and devices are not as safe as we might assume that they are. There's research, uh, this was just published about uh, cell phone base stations. It's a review of several studies that found effects from radio frequency sickness, which is, uh, you might hear electromagnetic sensitivity, um, headaches, rashes, neurological problems, stomach upset, sort of general, um, uh, that you might think are like general illness symptoms, but from people living close to cell antennas. Uh, and we, on headaches, we are contacted a lot by people who don't know anything about this issue, but they started getting sick after the cell tower went up right in front of their home. And they just started getting sleepless nights um, and all of the symptoms that I just talked about. And uh, the picture that I showed you earlier, I have a lot of them from people who contact us. So that would be under the term radiofrequency sickness cancer, increased cancer, as well as changes in biochemical parameters. Uh, there's been studies looking at the blood of people who lived closer to cell towers and further away. Um, so here's an example of a measurement study, just so that you can sort of get a visual um, on the small cell, quote unquote, small cell. And they were sort of showing the bands, how the radiation goes out and what the levels are. And this was a study um, called Measurements of Radiofrequency Electromagnetic Fields, including 5G in the city of Columbia, South Carolina, USA. That was really interesting because there's very few studies in the United States on this. There just is not a lot done, but they came over actually from uh, Europe and did some research here and found very high levels to, when people were close by. So we need to be doing much more of that research and the US government has completely dropped the ball. There's no measuring of what are the levels around here on a regular basis, no field monitoring. Um, this is example of a cell tower going up in New York City. There are 2000 of these 
going up. These, if you see there's one, two, three, four, five little layers here, each one is like a tier that holds several antennas. They have 4G and 5G antennas. And in New York City, people are quite upset about this. There are actually just now 16, I should change that to 16, uh, community boards that have passed resolutions saying they disapprove of these towers and they're issuing, calling for moratoriums on these towers because of everything from how ugly they are, property value devaluation, the health issues that have not been resolved, uh, and the, the lack of people even being informed that there's going to be one of these going up in front of their homes. And if you look here, you can see where the fire escape is. And there's also some images that I don't have right here. Oh, actually, yeah, I can show you this. Like, you know, people are, maybe not this one, but there's some where they have like, their their patio is right out in front of this. Um, oh, and this is a quote from the EMF scientist appeal. So if you're interested in this and you want to dig in, just search the EMF scientist appeal. It's by 258 scientists from 44 nations who have published in the field. So they are researchers on this issue. And they state that the effects include increased cancer, cellular stress, increase in harmful free radicals, genetic damages, structural and functional changes of the reproductive system, because there's sperm damage has been found, impacts to, to the ovaries, learning and memory deficits, neurological disorders, and negative impacts on general well-being in humans. And they have a series of recommendations, reducing exposure, educating the public, uh, tighter restrictions on companies for oversight and enforcement, and really having new limits, new safety standards that protect against biological effects. Because in our country, we have limits for what's allowed from cell towers that have not changed since 1996. And in fact, they're based on science from decades earlier from the 70s and 80s. The limits we have are based on studies. The studies that underpin them are literally from the 70s and 80s. And they're small animal studies, a handful of these small experiments where they took um, rodents and some small monkeys and they had, they call it colonic temperature. They took their temperature and they heated them up under 60 minutes, under 60 minutes. And when the animals stopped pressing the lever for food, as they'd been trained to do, then these, the engineers decided, okay, that's the bad level. That's what we're going to call the threshold of harm. Uh, and the EMF scientists and many other scientists are saying that's, that's inadequate. That's not relevant to long-term exposures, not to uh, non-heating effects, biological effects. Technology has changed so much. So, um, there has been a call to the FCC to update their limits because of these issues, and especially because of children's vulnerability. Children are more vulnerable. They have more sensitive brains, developing organs. The radiation penetrates deeper into their brain, and they need to be protected. So we sued the U.S. government in uh 2019, 2020, uh, against the FCC because they have not changed their outdated limits. And we were successful actually in 
getting them uh, in, in in the court, uh, sorry, to um, call to mandate the FCC to relook at the evidence that they had before them. So you can look up our lawsuit, which is Environmental Health Justice Al versus the FCC, and the DC um, DC Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. So it's federal court, you know, right underneath the Supreme Court. Uh, they decided that the FCC's decision not to update their limits to keep their 1996 limits was arbitrary and capricious. And the court found the FCC had ignored long-term exposure, children's vulnerability, testimony of people that had been injured, impacts to the brain, non-cancer issues, and had completely failed to address environmental effects. They've been mandated to respond and they have not responded. And it's been now two years. So what I always say is if, if these limits are so safe and if our government has safety limits that are protective, why hasn't the FCC responded showing how its limits are protective? Now, a lot of people ask us, I don't understand, like, how can the FCC do that? And, you know, didn't they not have a timeline? And, you know, we're here, we're buying cell phones all the time. We're using these devices all the time. When is the government going to do anything? And as I learned in this process, it's normal for federal agencies not to respond for years and years. And we're going to have to take more legal action to get them to respond. That's just how it works. Um, they did not give a date to the federal government on this. And uh, that's actually typical, too, for situations like this. So I want to show you a few things. Okay. Just so you can see in person, I talked about how the we have our limits for what's allowed from cell towers circulating in the air, along with many other countries, they're quite high. We allow a lot. However, for other countries, they have much more stronger limits. And I'll say something about India that's really interesting. They reduced their limits by one-tenth of what they were before after they did a review of the studies. And they found that the, that the majority of studies that they looked at showed effects to humans, to animals, to pollinators, and they dropped down their limits. Now, just for some perspective, T-Mobile did a report, they commissioned a report in published in 2000, and it recommended an exposure limit a thousand times lower than FCC's current uh, power density limit for maximum public exposure limits for cell towers. So just so you can get a perspective of like, where are the effects and where are the safety standards? It's so large. It's not 10 times or 100 times. But really, some of the effects have been found a thousand times lower and, and actually some even lower. So the Los Angeles, California Public School District claims that we don't believe they're following it, but they did say that they have a limit that is 10,000 times lower than the FCC standard. So some people just put up their hands and say, oh, this is crazy. Like, what, what is going on here? Um, yeah, I can't be making sense of all these numbers. And what do these numbers mean? And I don't even know what an electromagnetic field is. I was that way when I started on this issue. But what I'll say is that it's actually really simple. We have no oversight, no entity looking at all the studies and really showing the public, um, you know, doing their due diligence. 
the government's not doing its homework on this issue. And so we're sort of left, we the people, the consumers of the technology are left without any standards and we need to educate ourselves to one, reduce exposure for your own self and your own health. And then I hope if you have the energy and time to sort of lift up this issue uh, in a larger way in your community. So I wanna show you a few things. Um, we do scientific research with engineers. We do exposure studies. This is an example of a study where the phone was situated like it was in the pocket. And um, this is actually, ah, I should have the, the name. Um, Claudio Fernandez is an engineer at the universities uh, in Brazil who did this research. And this is looking at like the, the radiation that comes out of the phone and the colors actually represent intensities. So the phone is covering up what's underneath. Um, I'll have to show you that in another image, but you can see the intense levels right around the phone as if it was in the pocket and also into the reproductive organs. So we recommend to keep the phone out of your pocket. And the Cleveland Clinic had those recommendations online at one time. In fact, the uh, California Department of Public Health talks about reducing exposure by keeping the phone out of the pocket, away from the body, away from the head. This is an image, and I wonder if, uh, I just have the image, not the, um, the video in there, but uh, showing if a phone were up against the head of a child and an adult, you see the colors there representing the intensities with the lightest colors representing the most intense um, rates. And then it goes from white to yellow, to orange, to purple, to blue. And you can see that there's lighter colors deeper into a child's brain. These are high level simulations that take weeks and use supercomputers to show that information. So here's actually an image uh, that we worked on of, um, need to fix that, of a, um, when you put a phone up to your head, like in virtual reality, they have these like cardboard boxes that they were handing out and you put the phone in the thing and then it goes right up in your head. And this was simulating the exposure into the brain. It's actually a slice through the brain. So we found uh, two to five higher levels of cell phone radiation into the eyes and the eyes is another issue. And of course, children will have a lifetime of exposure. So, I was shocked to learn that there's zero pre-market safety tests for long-term effects that were done before uh, this technology was brought to market. And yet we're told, merry and bright. But as I said, there are dozens of countries that say children should reduce cell phone radiation exposure. And I'll show you, oh, this is, this is actually the back of a public bus in Cyprus. This is Greek. And this is the translation, don't irradiate me, learn how to protect me. This radiation is possibly carcinogenic. And they quote the World Health Organization 2011 classification. And this was a campaign that ran on buses. They've even updated it now. They have brochures, handouts, a whole website dedicated to educate parents on this issue. So I can just show you a few more pictures. Here's uh, high school in the United States with cell antennas on it. Um, another one, this is right near me 
And you'll also see the birds. You see the birds on top of the antennas. That's like a whole sort of side issue, but an important one, uh, very important. We think about ourselves and humans, but we need to be thinking about the animals too, because they're, that's their habitat. And they're being very highly exposed. Just like when we put the phone to our head, they have entire cell antennas that they're nesting on and roosting on. So you can go to Environmental Health Trust to learn more about that issue. This is a picture, another one of the many pictures we have from a professor in Pittsburgh. And this was out her third floor window. They ended up needing to, to move because the radiation was so high when they got someone to come in and measure it. And um, this third floor was, they couldn't even go in it. The levels were just so high. So when parents, and I've had, I have all of this on environmentalhealthtrust.org where you can read the letters and documents like the FDA does not regulate cell towers or cell tower radiation. Therefore, the FDA has no studies or information on cell towers to provide in response to your questions. And that was a quote from Ellen Flannery, director of the FDA Office of um, Policy, Center for Devices and Radiological Health because, Health, because people say, oh, the FDA looked at it, it's fine. And actually, the FDA hasn't looked at cell towers. The FDA hasn't looked at uh, oxidative stress or impacts to the brain or memory. And there is no report that we know of that exists that they've ever released on those issues. They released a report on cancer and cell phones only, unsigned, that's a literature review, where they state that the NIH studies that showed increased cancer and DNA damage, that they don't agree with that. So our scientists and many other scientists have written the FDA, and uh, there's a lot of questions that we have. It doesn't make any sense because the FDA asked for research. The only research the U.S. government funded over the last you know, two decades was completed thanks to the FDA that asked for it. And now the FDA says they don't agree with the findings. And that's a whole story for another, another time. So um, yeah, I'm just gonna see what else I can show you from here. Um, I guess I could, oh, I need to talk about what we can do. So we need to have, we believe there should be a multimedia campaign by health agencies to educate the public with crystal clear recommendations. And that's one of our goals, as well as the development of safety standards based on an up-to-date scientific review. Other countries are looking at the research and showing, talking about the research. This is an example of another issue, Wi-Fi. So there's Wi-Fi in schools, but other countries are removing Wi-Fi from schools or restricting it. Uh, it's banned in kindergartens uh, in several countries, France, Cyprus, French Polynesia, Israel, um, several localities like in Spain, actually more than just hospital at Spain and Ghent, Belgium, or they restrict it in the elementary school. Um, so France has one of the toughest laws on this and we believe it could be stronger, but they do restrict Wi-Fi exposure to children in elementary schools. Um, I'll show you a few things. So we need to engage companies, which is why talking to companies about this is so important. Uh, they can bring tech to market that's safer. This is ethernet cords. 
you know, you can plug your computer in with an ethernet. And I know with the pandemic and all the Zoom calls that have been going on, you always hear use a wire because you're going to not get a dropped call. It's going to be a better signal. And that's because the wireless signal is going in the wire. It's not going in the air. And when it goes in the air, it goes into us. So here's, here's like my laptop. It's connected with a wire whenever possible. I use a wire to connect. Um, for your phone, you want to keep the phone out of your pants. Um, decrease your apps that you're not using. That can actually stop the, so a phone is radiating all the time. Even when you're not using it, it's uploading, downloading, updating apps, just doing all kinds of busy work, connecting to the tower. Uh, and so you want to keep as little going on on your phone at any one time as possible. My phone's on airplane mode right now. I'm not going to show you my phone because I have too many things on there, but it's on airplane mode. I don't know if you, you can't see it, but I'll talk about that actually. So you can learn. Um, you want to disable Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and data options from your phone, like when you're not using them. So right now I'm on this call, my phone is on airplane mode, and I make sure that Bluetooth is off. If you're in a situation where you're using, let's say you're just using the Wi-Fi, but you don't need to make a call or use cellular, turn that antenna off. Turn off the Bluetooth when you're not using it. There's so many antennas on your phone. They're all transmitting all the time. Turn off what you're not using. You can decrease the exposure. And the Athens Medical Association is one of many medical associations that have recommendations on how to do this. There's also making shorter phone calls, less time with the phone next to the ear. Um, don't put the phone in your bra. Make the bra a no cell phone zone. Here's my very good friend's son playing Minecraft at my house with an iPad that is connected with um, wires. I wanna make sure you know about the Safe Tech for Children, Healthy Tech at Home project of Environmental Health Trust. You can go to healthytechhome.org. We have all kinds of ways to reduce exposure at home. You can also go to our website at ehtrust.org to learn more. We have YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we need to be doing more on those channels, but we have a great YouTube section to learn so much more. Um, and let's see what else I can talk about. I'm going to just stop the share and talk to you more. So um, with your phone or any device, you want to learn, you have to learn a little bit about your phone. So learn how to turn it on airplane mode. So you can turn it on airplane mode when you're not using wireless and off if you need it. Um, if you can get or have a landline phone, keep that like this. I'm actually at my mom's house right now. She has a telephone. Keep your corded landline if you have it. You can get um, have it not be cordless, have it be with the curly end. At my house, I have a, a internet regular phone with a wire, and I use that in my home office all the time. Um, you want to learn when your phone goes to high power and use it less at that time. So for example, Let's say you have to connect to someone. What's going to give you emit the most radiation is going to be if you decide you're going to FaceTime them because then you're sending pictures and video through the phone. So 
try to text if possible. Uh, next would be just voice, not voice and face. Don't stream on your device. Instead of streaming, um, definitely uh, pre-download. So even with the podcast or videos, pre-download it, turn it on airplane mode, and then watch and listen. We have Spotify or you know other music platforms where we have pre-downloaded playlists. That's what we recommend using as much as possible. Uh, and then getting involved in your community. You know, do you have an ordinance about cell antennas near your homes? If not, you need to get one and talk to your elected officials about having uh, protections in place, if possible, in your community. Because everyone has like local law, state law that you need to make sure you're complying with. But we have resources on what other communities are doing. Uh, a lot of towns out there and cities that don't have ordinances, get an ordinance and try to have it give your community as much authority as possible uh, within the law so that people are part of the decision-making process. So I'm glad to answer questions. I don't know if I see any, but um, I know oh, yes. I'm not all definitely. I could just talk forever. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, we definitely have some questions. And uh, I'm trying to see, but I think I got a little bit of my vision back. So I have a different pair of glasses. So thank you, Jesse. Oh, she okay. texted me the, the questions. So Diane, who's watching live, says, I'm 200 feet from a tower going up and I can't move. Any suggestions? Well, this is why we need to get our officials involved. Um, I will say that you're saying the tower is going up. Uh, you know, find out the process. Like a lot of people contact us, uh, antennas, a cell tower has been planned for their community. What do they do? How do they deal with it? We have a web page. Actually, it's under construction because we had an issue on our, you can go to our website. We have a lot on cell towers. Get Look up cheat sheet cell towers. Could I put links in the chat? Will that work? Um, you can You can email them to me and then I can put them in the chat. See, the chat that you're using is a Zoom chat for just you and me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I will get you those and you can put it under the YouTube where there's resources on cell towers and really get your community involved. Um, I find that we recommend finding responsible placements for towers. So see if you can't get um, a relook at the process. You wanna find out all the details, what's going up, what are the frequencies, where's the technical specs, uh, who's the decision makers? Where in the process is this tower so that you can try to get yourself into that process and be a part of the decision making process? Because it sounds like you weren't asked whether the tower should go up. They didn't ask you. They didn't. And I know a lot of people are told this tower is going up and there's nothing you can do. Um, and that's really kind of unacceptable. Like, how, why is that? Shouldn't we be in control of, shouldn't we have? placements in our community that make sense for us. So, or for the people who live there and who work there or who recreate there. So um, I would say get involved and please go to our website at ehtrust.org for resources. And you can type in cell tower radiation. We also have like all the studies. Um, everything I talked about is online. Great. Thank you. And here is a question from... Honeybee, what about radiation at the dentist and in cancer treatment? Mm. So, um, you know, what, what our scientists would say is in general with radiation, you want to 
weigh the risks and benefits. So that's a decision to make with your medical provider. But um, what, what I think the issue is just having like, with wireless devices, having all of this radiation without it being necessary. Whereas in a health issue, you might need to be doing scans or other uh, treatments in order to shrink tumors. So there's a cost benefit. And also that is a different kind of radiation that's ionizing. And we know that ionizing radiation can um, contribute to cancer risk. And one of the um, I mean, it's the irony, right? To treat cancer, you use radiation in order to treat the can to shrink the tumor, but then there can be things down the road. And I, I would talk to your doctor about that. I mean, that becomes a, a weighing of using, um, of using this, this technology or this exposure to have a health benefit. If it, I mean, I can't speak for anyone's particular case, but I can say that that's a, that's a medical question, but what's happening now with all of these wireless devices is we're being exposed and exposed, but it's not for treatment and it's not for like, we can use a safer alternative. So. Yeah. Well, do, do oncologists even know this information? Do they tell their cancer patients to be mindful of cell phone use or. Well, that's a good know? question. Uh, there was a time where Brett, there was when some studies were coming out of young women who are getting breast cancer from the cell phone in the bra. So they had the cell phone in their bra and then they developed tumors directly underneath where the phones were kept. And there was a lot of media on that and recommendations by breast cancer surgeons and on that issue. But this issue is not as well. Um, one, there's a lot of attacks on the science by industry-funded scientists. You can go to Dr. Deborah's book, Disconnect, or you can go to Microwave News to learn more on that, or you can go to our website. But uh, it's something that we hope to increase. Like Dr. Taylor, Dr. Linda Birnbaum, former NIH uh, Director of National Institutes for Environmental Health Sciences is recommending reducing exposure, but it's not out in the clinical setting as much as it should be, although it is in many other countries actually. So that's some of the work that we're doing with our uh, clinicians. Thank you. And here's a question from a live viewer. And it's, do you have any aging tips because she feels you look younger and are aging backwards? Maybe it's the lack of EMFs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I just try to do my best. You know, I try to eat as healthy as possible and I'm 52, but I, I don't know, maybe it's the zoom call. I don't feel that, um, feel like, um, anyway, yeah, I just, you know, we all just are doing the best we can just go for it. Just, you know, every, every step we take adds up. I really believe that, you know, we can't fix it all. We can't change everything. Um, there have been studies, by the way, that have shown impacts to the skin and skin aging from EMFs. So, um, and I've kind of thought, you know, that plus the, the impact to the endocrine system, that might turn this issue because people will be like, wait, I don't want to mess with my skin or my hormones because um, that's interesting. <laughs> Nice. And Gina says, so do property owners have a say whether or not a tower goes up on their property? Uh, okay. Generally, yes, but we need to remember that when you, let's say you own a single family home, there is a right of way that is maybe 
10 feet or depending on your house that the government uh, or locality has access to for the electrical poles or whatever. So you actually can get on what you think is your front yard, but it's actually the public right of way, a, a short 5G cell tower. Um, other than that, I do not think that they can put something up on your property, but they can when it comes to sell, to smart meters. Actually, I didn't talk about that. Smart meters are electrical. It's the that meter that goes somewhere on your house or right outside that gauges how much electricity you're using, water, gas. Those are all being transferred to being smart, smart meters. And those do have emissions depending on the device, it's different kinds of emissions uh, levels of intensity, but those are going on our homes and a lot of people can't stop it, but not a tower. Um, but you'll get, a, you'll get right in your front yard, people with these uh, 5G poles because it's the right of way. Right, thank you. Unfortunately. And Gina would also like to know, I hope I'm pronouncing this wrong, right, G-A-U-S-S-I-N, Gaussian? A Gaussian meter? Oh, a Gauss meter. So yeah, so that would be so a milligauss meter. So I didn't go too into this because I should have showed you a picture of the EMF spectrum, but there's wireless devices and then lower on the spectrum are uh, power line fields. And you can measure that with a Gauss meter that measures the magnetic fields. So when a laptop's on your lap, there's magnetic fields. If you have a um, the electric panel on the other side of that, let's say you have it, you don't want to have your bed up against it because if you measure it with a Gauss meter, you're going to have very high readings being so close to the electricity, wherever electricity is. Or if you have power lines, um, big those big power lines outside of your home, you can measure with a Gauss meter the level of milligauss or EMF. If you want to measure wireless, you can get a uh, radio frequency meter, which is different. Uh, and those will measure, I actually have one, but it's, I can't access it right now. I don't have it set up, but I can show you, you can get a consumer grade, a wireless meter. I do recommend the safe and sound. I don't recommend the cheapest ones. I hate to say it, but they, they often don't work as well as the higher level consumer grade meters. Um, they are a couple hundred dollars. So what we recommend that I'm really excited about is getting your library to have a meter. The library has meters for water damage in the home and humidity and all these other meters. They could have a wireless radiation meter. We already have um, meters in Massachusetts, in California, and I need to get some of the latest ones. And in Connecticut, different public libraries where people have come together and said, hey, we want this meter. Uh, will you get it? Will the library get it? So please um, go forward and talk to your local library about getting a, like a safe and sound or an acoustic meter. And if they won't pay for it, please contact us at Environmental Health Trust. We may be able to donate a meter to your library. Then you can use it. You can measure. Your entire community has access to knowing what are their levels. You know, where else do you speak? Because I think unless somebody's watched you on my show or The Real Truth About Health, I would not have known about this subject if I hadn't seen you. You know, it's not like something you open a magazine or turn a TV on and people are warning you about. Well, we we talk a lot. I just, we do a lot, but it's, you know, the way the world is right now, 
there needs to be more. A lot of functional medicine podcasts. Um, Dr. Davis, who's our president, has been on um, Drew Pruitt. Um, we need to do more, but we're, hey, if you know a place we should be, please contact them and contact us. We are, I mean, I, thinking, I mean you know, my, I'm thinking like something like the Rich Roll podcast. I, I can't, I don't have access to him, but I mean, that is a very well viewed and well listened to podcast. Um, I'll write that down. The Rich Roll. Rich Roll. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what, that's what I would go for. Why, do, why are you so interested in this topic? Me? Uh, because I, I, well, I was a mom, I am a mom, but I was a mom of younger kids <laughs> and, um, always kind of, you know, healthy. I was always trying to figure out how to fit vegetables in the muffins. You know, how you're trying to like grind up things and get them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was about my extent of like, you know, the best, uh, you know, cooking and stuff, but, um, I got involved because what was it? Oh, I heard it on the radio. I, I heard an I heard an NPR story. It was way way back, fifteen years ago, and I started researching it and going, well, that's because I was like, well, wait, because my daughter was using the cell phone to talk to my grandmother because it was free. Remember when the cell phone had free long distance, and so you'd like use your cell phone for a long distance and then use a regular phone for like local calls. It was like that. So I started digging in the science, and then I got deeper and deeper in, and then I found that there was a lot of studies that showed a problem and I didn't really understand what I was reading, to be honest. So I asked my, my kids were in a fire. It's a long story, but I talked to one of the top environmental health pediatricians at the time. And I said, Dr. Paulson, I said, what do you think about cell phone radiation? Since we're talking about mercury contamination and smoke, I just, I just have a question. And he said, maybe you should talk with Dr. Deborah Davis and see what environmental health trust has to say. And then I was like, oh no, I already did. And she says that there's a problem. <laughs> so that got me more and more in. And I had kids I worked with who had uh, mental health issues and they had prenatal exposure. So I had also been studying neurology a lot as part of my continuing education. And so that together, I started volunteering with Environmental Health Trust. And then that's how, that's how it started. Great. 12 years ago. Well, thank you for your work. You know, I was born in 1960 and I remember people used to be able to smoke everywhere, airplanes, restaurants, movie theaters, grocery stores. And then all of a sudden that changed and they even started putting warning labels on packages of cigarettes. Will these come with warning labels one day? Yeah, we we hope they will. They do in other countries. They really do. Uh, but that's what's needed. So uh, the president of our organization actually worked on smoking in airplanes going way, way back. And uh, I think we're seeing the same path in terms of everyone thought it was great. Uh, and then here we are with labeling and so forth. So that's what's needed. But look, if you look at pack of cigarettes, are they really labeled well? They're not really labeled that well. If you go to Europe, they've got like pictures of sick people on them that take up a third of the entire carton. Here in the United States, we have this little thin side thing on the side. So we have a lot of work to do with uh, consumer information in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lisa wants to know, well, are there alternatives to these towers and what are they? Mm, yes, there are. And it does require community planning. So fiber optics and wired broadband, we recommend affordable wired broadband. 
That means that every, every family in their home and offices at work, there should be uh, wires that come in that bring the best service, fast service, and then wired as much as possible in the in your home. So I, I in my home, for example, I have my computers wired. I have uh, places I can plug in with Ethernet. I even have my cell phone. I'm at my mom's house right now, so I, I don't have it here. But you can plug your cell phone in to a wire so the data goes to the wire and not through the air. Uh, there are solutions plus. Um, we believe that companies really can work on safer technology, really generally. Like, for example, when the phone is near your body, it should reduce the radiation level. Um, the phones should tell you how much radiation they've been emitting so you can sort of keep track of it. You know how you keep track of screen time? Like today it was 12 hours, which is what happens with me. I'm going to have to be honest with you because I'm working on this issue so much. Um, it, they should be telling you we emitted this much radiation or so forth. Um, so. There's a lot that can be done. Uh, proximity sensors, they're called for the body. Uh, and what's happening is that it's cheaper for companies just to put up those poles and pop the antennas on rather than run the wires that need to be run to get good service. And uh, wireless is less regulated than wired. So it's a financially, it's just cheaper for the companies to go wireless with everything. Yeah, how did we ever live without this technology? <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember phones. I'm, I actually, I remember the kind of phone where, like, you picked it up this way and then you called the operator. You know? Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, and then I remember dialing phones, and then I remember push button phones. I remember cordless phones. You know, they don't even have pay phones anymore. Do you notice that? They took them all away. Yeah, there was no money in it, right? Yeah. It's I I don't know what a Faraday bag is, but uh, there's a question if you can buy these in Canada. Uh, well, a Faraday bag would be like a bag you put the phone in that it doesn't emit. There, there is um, safe living technologies is maybe what you're referring to in Canada. It has like meters and other things to reduce exposure. We really recommend instead of putting it in a bag, learning how to use it, turn it, turn the antennas off turn it on airplane mode with the antennas off rather than putting it in a bag. Cause if the bag's not tight, it'll actually emit a lot of radiation to get out of the bag. And I have to plug in my electricity. I just realized. So one second while I do, while you ask the next question, I'm listening. Okay, absolutely. Guys, thanks for these great questions. So uh, Lisa also wants to know, do the anti-EMF shields buttons that you attach to your devices actually work? Yeah, I wish that I could say they did, but we don't test them um, because there's so many of them and we don't really have the long-term data at all to know, you know, some say they're harmonizing the fields. Does that really address all of the impacts? We have not found, and our scientists have not uh, found that data. It's not that they spend all their time researching all of these products. It's that there's too many products and um, we would caution with there's no standardized way to test. We I, did, I just don't even know if they're even doing what they say they're doing. So we recommend the reduction of source, the emissions from sources. 
know if you can answer this, but I recently flew home. I was working in Mexico for eight days. And at the airport, when you go through TSA, there's the regular metal detector. And then there's that machine, you know, where you go like this. And mm -hmm. I've had doctors on the show that say, just get a pat down. Do not go through that machine. Do you have any advice about that? I, I always get a pat down. I'll tell you that um, because that's millimeter waves. And that is actually the kind of waves that are in 5G, certain 5G systems. Um, so it goes just a little bit into the skin, but it does go into the skin. So especially with frequent flyers, you know, I just do the pat down and yes, I get, have to get there a little bit early for that pat down, but then I minimize that exposure. Yeah. Do you have TSA pre-check? No. Well, get that because I, I get don't that. have to go through that machine anyway. So yeah, as pre-check yeah. to take my shoes or coat off either. I don't travel. I should yeah. I you know, for the $80, it's worth it, even if you travel once. So that's okay. my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get it at uh, Staples now. It's much easier than it was back in the day where you had to drive to the government office and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, really. See, you learned something on my show. I do. I'm going to put that down, actually. That, that is, and actually, I'm so, traveling this summer. So I'm going to do TSA project. Nice. I, I have to, sometimes I've actually like almost missed a flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry to tell everyone that, but. So you have to go it. early if you're going to get a pat down. Absolutely. Uh, so John asks, what about earthing, grounding at schools and work? Could this eliminate the risk? Well, it can, it can really, um, in certain situations, be extremely helpful. However, the problem with earthing or grounding, like, is that if you're not grounding into something that you have to be grounding into a clean uh, situation. You can't be grounding. Like if you're in the city, sometimes these grounding systems might go into uh, the ground where there's other things going on that are then going back up. So we do recommend any kind of systems like that being with a professional, like when you buy the grounding mats or so forth. That said, going outside in nature with your shoes off, um, being on the beach with the water grounding that way. That has been, many people have reported that's just been incredible for their health, especially for people who are sick from electromagnetic fields. And um, so if you can, I'm not near a beach, but um, if you can get with your feet in the water, your feet on the earth um, in natural settings where there's not a lot of stuff that is putting more stuff into the ground, not a lot of electronics and technical gear. Thank you. And Stephanie says, I wear a Fitbit on a clip clasp on my bra or tank top daily. Is that as bad as a cell phone? Well, it probably is using Bluetooth, which might be less, but what we recommend is still the, the breast, for example, is very um, unique tissue uh, and um, it absorbs radiation in a unique way. So we recommend getting any of those fitness trackers that you can set to airplane mode so that you can decide when it's going to upload that information rather than it always connecting. Those fitness trackers are connecting all the time. Get one that you can set on airplane mode or turn on once a week or once a day when you choose to, when it's not on your body, because they can still track what you're doing. They just don't have to then send that out to your phone. That's our recommendation. And we believe that all where wireless wearables should have that option, actually. Yeah, thank you. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Yeah, we're well, Dr. Davis has a book, Disconnect, and we're actually doing an update 
to it that will be coming out in the fall. And I'm doing the section on how you can reduce exposure that's in the back of the book, that's the appendix, that's just everything I've talked about and more. So all the details are there. And that'll be um, a few months, I hope. Yeah, and I do have another book that we're doing on, but that'll be a little bit later, like a little handbook, a little guidebook on things that you can do. Yeah, and there are a lot of books out there, actually. What kind of doctor is Dr. Davis? She is an epidemiologist. So she um, has been working on environmental health, uh, prevention, breast cancer. She worked on climate, actually, uh, the impacts to human health from climate change going back decades ago, uh, especially more recently on breast cancer, chemicals, pesticides, foods, plastics, uh, and the increased risk to women and the rising rates of breast cancer. So, yeah. Would she be interested in coming on my show? Um, she might. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to her. Yeah. Okay. I always like interesting guests. So please <laughs> feel free to introduce. I see one more question and it's about satellite internet, such as Elon Musk Starlink. And I don't even know what that is. Well, so if this didn't all sound too much, we have a whole other situation, which I didn't mention, I should have, which is satellites. So we only have, uh, gosh, I don't have the number in front of me, the amount of satellites, but it is going times, hundreds of times, we are now putting up all these new satellites up in the air. And what the satellites are doing is beaming down Wi-Fi connectivity. So they might go over areas where there's no internet service, they don't have any service, beaming down a beam and then there's receiver that's catching it in the area you live in, takes it and disperses it. it. It can be wired or not. So the issue of satellites is a really important one because it's not just that the satellites are beaming down emissions, but also there are ground stations that are beaming up to the satellites. And there's really not a lot of checks and balances. Who owns space? Who's in charge of it? Who's regulating it? What's going on? It's it's like the, the Wild West. And um, companies are putting up all of these, these things. They also have a lot of other environmental impacts like um, mercury, um, uh, clouding astronomical views, um, space trash, just a litany of things. And you can look up, um, go to ProPublica and read their recent article on environment and cell towers, you'll see several articles and the last one features satellites and that issue. This is something we're watching, uh, but we don't have a lot of data because we've only just begun with the satellite proliferation that's happening now. Wow, I just wonder how long it takes and how bad things have to get before <laughs> things <laughs> regulate. You know, I think about the environment just in general, you know, I it's just... You live long enough, you see it yeah. all. So Lisa, who's watching live says she has a continuous glucose monitor on her phone. Is mm. that dangerous? On her phone. You mean something attached to her that goes to the phone? That's what my, I'm guessing that's yeah. what it is. Cause I, I believe if people are diabetic or other things, it's something that's on the skin and the reading. You know, I'm off. assuming that is a low level signal and I don't know the data on that. We do, we, this is like a whole really important area because there's a lot of medical applications for this technology that are really life-saving and useful and helping people do things they never thought they could do. Right. And, and so, um, 
I have not tested or know that data. What I do know is that um, that's why we need companies to develop safer uh, ways that they're even doing the wireless signal, even though I think we want to reduce sources, but there is a need for, you know, we're always going to have emergencies and, and other other medical applications. So I can't speak to it specifically as to how much that signal is. Um, I would say though, much bigger are these other bigger things like the Wi-Fi router or the cell tower outside your home or the cell phone near your body. Um, and uh, those are the, those are adding significant levels. Like you don't want a Wi-Fi router. Like I had a Wi-Fi router right near my desk, right? It was on the desk. So that is emitting all the time. Um, you want that away from your body, uh, preferably wired. That's like go to Healthy Tech uh, at home and you can learn more about that. But So how do you carry your cell phone with you? Because I mean, you know, if you're going somewhere, you know, you might need it for emergencies. Do you have a purse, a fanny pack? How do you carry your cell phone? Mm. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Actually, I don't use my cell phone as much as most people all the time. So let's start with that. If I do need to have the phone on, which I have recently for various family reasons, um, I'll have it um, in a bag away from me. I will turn it on airplane mode whenever possible. So if wherever I'm going, I put it on airplane mode, then I turn it on when, you know, and then I put it to rest on the table. Can you explain so, airplane mode for dummies? Oh, you can go into the, the, um, no, I know what it is, but like, what is it like? And why oh. is it? Cause I know, I, I know airplane mode from whenever I'm on the plane, they say it has to be on airplane mode, but you how do affect the use of the phone? You can go. So the airplane mode turns the wireless antennas off the phone, off in the phone. So your phone is always emitting, whether you're using it or not, it is emitting wireless going to the cell tower. Hello, cell tower. And the cell tower is saying hi back. They're going a handshake back and forth. If you have nearby um, Bluetooth things or anything, it's connecting to all of them all the time, using it or not. So there's about five or six antennas on your phone. There's um, uh, the voice call, there's Wi-Fi, there might be a 5G, there might be Bluetooth. Airplane mode, when you click on that, will turn that off. Because it used to be that when you were on an airplane, we had to turn off all the antennas. That's how it became airplane mode. So turn it on, turn airplane mode on in the settings, but that does turn off the ability of your phone to connect, to get calls or get notifications or whatever. So that's what you do when you're, you know, it's okay to take a break from your phone. Sometimes turn yeah. it on airplane mode at night. You can do a lot with your phone on airplane mode. You can take pictures, you can take video, you can write notes. You can do a lot of applications without the phone radiating. Then look where it says in in the phones, it'll say like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, those are in the settings. You can turn those off and on as needed. So you kind of, you know, get used to kind of go into that part of your phone and kind of hang out in there a while and play with it and learn how to turn it off and on and all of that. My husband, and he hasn't shown me how, but he developed a shortcut where he just does one little button and he can turn the airplane mode on. He doesn't have to go into settings and do it that way. That's sort of the future. Like we should have that for every phone, but um, nice. yeah, that's airplane mode. Are you, and familiar, are you familiar with the book Dopamine Nation by Dr. Anna Lemke, who's been on the show? 
you know, when she talks about no, it. No, but I can imagine is about the dopamine from the. Yeah, because I'm just wondering if the fact that if not only people make money, obviously, from selling this, but because it's such an addictive product that there's people are more reticent to do something about it, you know, to make changes because, you know, because that would affect their use. You, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, wait, 100%. I'm thinking we need a 12 step program for the cell phone. <laughs> and- you know, and forget the radiation. Like we just need like help because like we are just, you know, so, you know, it's just on and on. And, and then absolutely. And also I think it's both that we're addicted. And then it's also that we feel overwhelmed, like a truck, like a truck's coming down the road. There's nothing we can do, especially if you have teenage kids, you know, you feel like there is nothing I can do. Um, But I do believe that there is a lot that we can do and we need to do it because remember, smoking was everywhere. In fact, doctors recommended smoking, right? And so, um, but yes, I do think that's part of the, it's like we have like, I think um, Dr. Uh, Cardaris, if you know his work on dopamine and such, he talks about Stockholm syndrome. Like we we know it's bad for us, right? <laughs> Come on, we know that too much screen time is not healthy, but yet- we are in love with the technology. We can't let go. It's hard to say no. I, I'm right there with you. I'm not speaking as someone who um, doesn't, you know, go into YouTube and come out hours later, <laughs> you know, like, whoops, how did that happen? Um, you know, and sometimes it's junk and sometimes I'm studying things or watching things, but all of it is screen time. It's time I'm not spending with my family or like doing things, other things I used to do like art or you know, before I remember before phones, right? And I used to do like we did things all the time. Now we do screens all the time. No, and and, and, the, and the kids are getting these at such a younger age. I'm curious, what age are your children, and do they have cell phones? Yeah, well, I have a 21 year old and an oh. 18. Year old, so well, then of course that's yeah. different. You don't you don't right. have children yeah. now. But my 18 year old got it at 18, and my 21 year old got it at 18. I said no, I just we're just not. And you know what? They survived. They were fine, and they can do all the stuff on the computer, probably too much, but this, it's like, it goes everywhere with you. You know, does it really need to go everywhere with you? Is it really going to make you safer? Let's think about that for a minute. If you're in an unsafe situation, do you really want my, my daughter's like, I can't go on the bus without the phone. I'm like, no, you can go on the bus without the phone. She's like, I can't, I can't go on the bus without the phone. I'm like, look, if anything happened on the bus, I do not want you to call me. That's the last thing I want you to do. I want you to like figure, you know, move your seat or, you know, whatever it is, you, you figure that out and you should know how to do it. And the last thing I would want anyone to do is be calling mother as much as I love my ch- children more than anything. Um, you need, we need to, our kids need to learn how to be safe because of, they know what to do. They know how to take care of themselves. They need to learn to be assertive. They need to know when to um, stay quiet. They need to learn how to be in the world and be safe and a phone will not protect you even though that's how they're being sold for kids you know i was just recently on a retreat for eight days i am a speaker and i teach cooking at this spa i've done for many years called rancho la puerta and basically cell phones are they're not not allowed because people use them for pictures but you can't use them in any common area and they make it very difficult for you to get wi-fi and it's just been the best vacation to not i had to work of course but to not 
be able to use it, you know, except under certain circumstances. And I was off all social media for a week and it, it was great. And then you come back to your life and it's like, oh, I mean, it's like, I wish these would go away, you know? And you know, the kids are feeling it too. The The teenagers will say like one, 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 my daughter has friends and at her house, there's no cell phones. I just say no, no cell phones. And I was actually able to get away with that because we've been doing it for so long. And she said, you know, it's just a break. I like coming to your house because it's a break. You know, you're not always man keeping your social media handles up and your your um, profile up. It's a lot of work and it's stressful and it's stressing out our kids. Um, so, and you're checking and checking like we weren't designed to be on the screen all the time and to have like you know all of these platforms where we're talking or speaking or responding. We shouldn't always have to be available too. Like right now, if you write to someone, you're expected to like be written back like that second. Like, what is that? That's not good for our brains. Oh my God. Like if you don't answer their email, then they message you on one of the social media, text you. The only thing people actually, you know, that's interesting, Theodore, the only thing people don't use cell phones for anymore is actually to call people. I know. I mean, I mean, tell me, like I used to be on the phone with my girlfriends for hours every day, right? We'd be talking about everything for hours. And now the kids are not even having those rich conversations. They're having one-liners or Snapchats that are like half their heads. My daughter sends pictures that are half their head. This is ridiculous. This, This is taking away, it's stripping the fabric of our society, our family life. It's taking away from relationships. And we have more suicides, more suicidal ideation, more depression. Um, we're sitting all the time, which is not good for us. We're bending our necks. There's something called tech neck, text neck. Have you heard of that? It's like, and there was crackberry thumb a while back from texting, texting thumb. Yeah. And thumb. And, you know, they've done some research that has shown there's new parts of your brain developing related to the thumb swipe. Okay. You might say, oh, that's interesting. It's like, what about the part that's not being developed? Because we're not going, we're not even looking that far away from us. So it's impacting our vision. Myopia is increasing in kids. And what's the one factor that helps, um, that decreases your risk for myopia? It's actually playing outside. Kids playing outside decreases their risk for myopia. So it's like all these things, haven't even talked about blue light, but blue light is a problem. We need to be like having real conversations with real people, use the technology to set the time, you know, to schedule because of, you know, all that stuff. But we need to like really get a handle on this. And I think, unfortunately, it's not going to be our generation. It might be the next generation because we have all these lawsuits happening now. The schools are suing the companies, right? And we're starting to realize that it's not everything we thought it was going to be and that our kids are being hurt. And we are being hurt. Our health is being damaged from all of this screen time. So it's happening, but. Um, but slowly, I'm wondering what they're going to invent next. It's going to be just as bad. You know, I'm curious about Apple watches because people wear them right on their body. So is mm-hmm. that harmful? Yeah, well, we, you know, some of those Apple watches are just like little cell phones. And I was, a friend came over the other day and she had, and she was sitting and she was sitting with her bosom like this right on the watch for like, we're chatting for like an hour. I didn't realize it until I noticed that that was a watch. And uh, that's a real problem. You know, that's that's connecting all the time to the tower. Um, again, we recommend putting it on airplane mode if possible. 
there are actually fine print warnings on the watch. Um, you might have a baby that's like the watch is up against the child. You have the watch on all the time. We actually recommend a regular watch, not a not that kind of watch. Wow. And somebody's asking if you think it's possible if their tinnitus is caused by cell phone towers. I don't know. I do know that that is a symptom that has been reported in uh, surveys that have been done around people living near cell towers. So, but I can't say, I certainly can't speak to any one person and that there is some, some research on that. So. Suzanne wanted to know, do you have any advice specifically to give family members that are using Apple watches? But I mean, kids aren't going to listen, right? Well, you know, I, I think the more we talk about it, the more someone will say, I heard it from someone and someone. And, you know, when I first learned about this and I started talking to people about it, I really was met with um, people that were like, I feel like I turned into an alien or something in front of them. But now as time has gone on, they come back to me and say, oh, Theodore, remember you talked about that with me? Well, now I'm learning this and why. And my my dear friend said to me, oh, Theodore, don't worry. She said, you know, when you put broccoli or a new food out for a kid and they've never seen it before, you have to put it out like over 16 times before they decide to try it. And it's just, this is just like that. So we just need to keep putting it out there and we need to also hold our government accountable. So do what you can for yourself. Talk to your elected officials. Please sign up for our newsletter at Environmental Health Trust, ehtrust.org, or go to Healthy Tech. Um, home to .org for our Healthy Tech at Home project site. And um, we have action alerts. Um, we are just, we give, we, I give a lot of talks to uh, officials um, at the local, federal, state officials. And we really need to just really raise awareness on this issue so that we can have more federate, federal accountability and corporate responsibility, but the corporations are not going to do anything unless we, the consumers use the power of our purse and tell them what we want. Yep. Well, you're a fabulous guest. And one of the viewers is saying that she hopes you will come back again because people are learning so much from you. So thank you so much for your expertise and oh, your sure. for this topic. It's really, well, I can't say I really love what you say, but you know what I'm saying? I, 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 mean, I think it's very important. Thank you so much for having me on and all your work too. Oh, thank you. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back at 9 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow when my guest is Dr. Laura Bruce. She'll be discussing how you can live well, even if you have anxiety or OCD. And she is the go-to person for these two conditions or disorders when Dr. Lyle says, you need to see her, you need to see her. So we know she's going to be a fabulous guest. Take care, everyone, and stay off your phone. Bye-bye.